Welcome to yet another episode of the Weekly Regular. My name is Asan. And yet again, I am Derek. Yet again, you are Derek. Here I am, Derek, yet up? again, staring at you on my computer screen. Uh, what is up? Uh, you watched anything this week? Uh, other than the movie we're going to talk yeah, about? Yeah, uh, I watched Extraction 2. Okay, what'd you think? Finally got around to watch that. Great, great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Super good. And then it was winding down, and I was like, oh, that was a great ending. And then I paused it to go to the bathroom. So I was like, oh, wait, I was just like, oh, I just really got to pee real quick. I was like, and then I'll watch the last five minutes, and I paused it and realized I had a whole extra 30 minutes to go, and I was like, oh, the bad guys come back and he murders them again. Yay! <laughs> it gives you everything you want in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, just balls to the wall, no holds barred, fully choreographed. You can tell they choreograph every freaking fight sequence and scene and deal, even the extras in the background. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is what an action film should be. This is what an action film is, and I believe that it is what this is what the future of action films looks like. Like, after the last <clears throat> entry of Mission Impossible, I'm sorry, but Tom Cruise is slow. He, the way he runs, the way he moves, you can see him slowing down, and he's still trying mm-hmm. to convince us that he can do it. And I'm like, I just don't, believe you could climb your way up the inside of a train that's falling off a cliff these days i just don't i don't Mm -hmm. you know it's it's starting to become not believable chris hemsworth is in the prime of his life and when he choke slams Mm -hmm. a dude in a russian prison i'm like "Mm, 100 believe that that would happen like Mm -hmm. he's just big and fast and like he he, and and listening to chris hemsworth talk about the way he likes to do these movies uh, he likes to be very intense intense and very like visceral with it i'm like that's what action films need moving forward and i think Mm -hmm. they're starting to understand Understand that after the whole like Paul Greengrass movement of like tight close-up shots of just movement and no fighting which is mm-hmm. kind of what it feels like when you're in a fight like that it's a lot of movement and just kind of you know hitting and stuff but like I don't want to see that I want to see fight sequences you know mm-hmm. like let's if you're gonna do them do them right and Extraction 2's full 10 minute run of that solid full shot I mean there's a couple edits in there but it's a full you know single shot um mm-hmm was amazing. I watched it twice. I like watched it, realized it was over, rewound it, and then watched it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was so it's, good. Uh, yeah, it's a good movie. All those fight sequences are really, really, really good. Um, yeah, that's probably like, I think that's the direction you have to go in. Like, if you like, in terms of heightening these action movies and, and, and going bigger and bigger and stuff like that. I think, I mean, there's only so many stunts you can do in terms yeah. of like big, you know, like Mission Impossible style motorcycle jumps. Uh, I think this, the the way to make action movies more and more impressive is to do more and more highly choreographed <clears throat> extraction type stuff. I think that's the, that's the way to go. Couple. It requires humans and we, yep. we love that. <laughs> we do. Uh, and the other thing too is I think you do all that, but you couple it with innovative and immersive camera work. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Piece of water tried to go down the wrong tube. Um, hold on. <coughs> Sorry, just had to uh, cough into the mic real quick. Um, you got to stop smoking those cigars every day. Oh yeah, well that's the thing. You're, they say not to inhale cigars, but I don't care. I do what I want. Um, <laughs> I'm not a sheep. I'm not. <laughs> I think for myself. Now let me climb into this tactical bath and take my uh, <clears throat> take my supplements from uh, fucking what's his face, um, bald dude Joe Rogan. Um, mm-hmm. That'll make me a man. Um, yep. Uh, no, I think visceral camera work and in- immersing the audience in it. You know, because because when you're <clears throat> when you're doing those handheld, you know, floating camera, 
you know, rigs and, and you're moving through the prison with what mm-hmm. it's like, it brings you're like along with the ride. Like it's very much like you're part of the family. And I love that because mm-hmm. putting the, putting the viewer inside of the danger of a Russian prison, it's very good. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's visceral. It's intense. It's, uh, it, it, mm-hmm. it just worked all around. The movie worked for me. And, uh, Idris Elba showing up, I was like, I would like to see them do a movie together for Extraction 3. Oh, that's, I'm sure that's the move. Uh, 100%. That's why, why Idris Elba was in it. No, literally when he showed yeah. up, I was like, oh, they're doing Extraction 3, which Idris Elba and Chris Elba, this is going to be great. <laughs> yep. Uh, sure. Yeah, let's let's see that movie. Why not? Uh, mm-hmm. Give it both, to me. Yeah. Those guys are both great, so I, I hope they make that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, cool. Anything else you want to touch oh, that you watched this week? Or didn't you, didn't this week? I've been mainlining South Park. Okay. You started, I started from South, the beginning? I started from the beginning. I'm in season six now. Um, okay. Man, that show is good. And it's so interesting how even back in the day, like stuff in even like season two or three is still mm-hmm. like very poignant, has a very poignant point to make. I don't know if it's the fact that our society just hasn't progressed or <laughs> if like South Park is just transcends time. Maybe but, a little both. Maybe a little both. Um, yeah. <laughs> two sides of the same coin. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, oh God, it's so funny. It's Nice. It's just such a good yeah, show. Yeah, South Park's um, great. It's yeah, great. Yeah, and then after South Park, I'm going to start Family Guy over. Good, good choice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm going back through because I haven't done it in a while. And I used to like mainline, like rotate, like... South Park, Family Guy, Futurama, uh, American Dad, and just have those playing all the time in the background. But mm-hmm. um, I haven't done it in the last couple of years, and I'm kind of like, I'd like to go back and like start them from the beginning and rework, you know, through the whole, the whole show. Yeah. But uh, how about you? What if if you wa- How are you this week? What did you do? What did you watch? I'm good. Um, I've been watching um, the current season of Futurama still. Mm-hmm. Um, still solid. Um, what else have I been watching? Um, oh, I started playing uh, God of War Ragnarok. Ooh, how do you like it? It's good. It's good so far. Um, yeah. Uh, have you played that yet? I have not. I okay. have played... Oh, no. Uh, Ragnarok's the new one, right? It's the newest one, yeah. Okay, yes. Then I haven't played that one. I played the first... The, okay. Well, the... the the new reboot on the PS4, whatever, the one that came out right, a right, years right. ago. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, so I've been playing that. Uh, that's good so far. It's like everything you like about that, uh, the last one and more. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, Atreus is a little older. Um, it's fun. It's fun. It's good stuff. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm i into that. That's been how I've been passing my time mainly when I'm not doing other shit. Um, let's see what else I've been watching. Um, uh, oh man, there's another show I've been watching and I can't remember. Oh, there's a new season of that show Foundation on Apple TV Plus. Oh yeah, yeah, I've been yeah. seeing that advertised. It looks good. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I've been watching a little bit of that. Um, I really enjoyed the first season. Um, it's very, very, very dense sci-fi. So, um, mm-hmm. I it's not a show I can just like throw on like oh I'll watch another episode of this tonight. I kind of have to hunker down for it. <laughs> um, and prepare my mind, um, but no, it's good. Um, I like the show a lot. Uh, yeah, I've been watching that. Um, there's got to be something else, um, but even if I don't know it, that's enough for now, I guess. Yeah, if I can think, of, I, I've been watching something else, but I can't remember what it is right now. 
if you remember, um, interject, whatever. Yeah, I will. I'll, 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 I'll blurt it out in the middle of whatever we're talking about. <laughs> right in the middle of the sentence, I'm making a very good point. You're just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Blue's Clues. Uh, I've been watching Blue's Clues again. <laughs> That's what it was. I couldn't remember that. Um, all right. Should we uh, yeah. jump into these DMs? Let's do it, dude. All right. Let me see. Uh, open my DMs on my end. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but yesterday the trailer for... I'll just get started. Uh, you can watch while I talk about it. Uh, the gameplay trailer for Neil Blomkamp's new video game came out. Mm-hmm, I'm looking at it now. Third-person open-world sandbox uh, battle royale shooter. But it also has a 60-hour campaign attached to it as well. Oh, I didn't know about the campaign. Yes, there's a campaign as well. <coughs> Excuse me. Interesting. This looks I'm cool. I'm very phlegmy today. I'm so sorry. I keep just coughing up in the microphone. It's very gross. I apologize. It's all, um, it's all right. I hate it. Um, oh, but the Battle Royale mission, the Battle Royale uh, battles will be 150 players. Wow. Yeah, I'm looking at this. This looks cool. It's looks very really much. cool. Yeah, it's very much the sort of District 9 aesthetic. Yes. Uh, Mixed with, like, with a little, uh, what's the one where you can wall run? Uh, the Titanfall. Yep. Little Titanfall, little Call of Duty, little, uh, um, what's the little other cyberpunk one? cyberpunk um, in here. Yeah, a little cyberpunk 2077. A little, uh, what, what else? What's the other one that I would say? Uh, is it The Stand? That's the TV show. What's the one third-person open-world tactical? It's uh, where, like, the government has fallen and you're, like, running around. I can't remember, but a oh, bunch of people... Oh, I, like, I know what you're talking about. You're talking The Division. The Division, yeah. Yeah, it looks like it's got a little bit of The Division in it. Yeah, it looks like, uh, like you're, you can get like, get, like, cybernetic upgrades, which allow you to, like, run fast and do stuff like that. That's kind of yes. cool. I also think you might... There might be an element... That you might mm-hmm. have to pay if you lose and you get a limb blown off. Mm. If you want to keep pa- playing with that character. Oh, gotcha. <clears throat> so as they go through battles, they just get more and more upgraded to like metal, you know, until you're just a head on a metal body. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, yeah, this looks yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. Looks, I uh, think so. Yeah, it, it looks like there's going to be character customization and all that, which is which is really cool. Oh, uh, yeah. That's always one of my favorite things. I'm such a diva for like. Uh, being able to customize stuff like oh, I'll, dude. I'll be on Diablo and I'll just be fit like I'll go get new like gear or whatever that I like um, um, scrap or whatever or junk and mm-hmm. uh, I'll just be fiddling in my wardrobe with like looks and colors and AJ's like is this actually part of the game I'm like no no I'm just being a classy bitch <laughs> like mm-hmm. I want my necromancer to look stylish I'm sorry so sue me <laughs> <laughs> yeah it I'm a sucker for a good good character creation uh, tool. Like the rest of the game can be trash, but if the good character, if the character is if the uh, character uh, creator is good, uh, I, I will I will indulge in the game yeah, for sure. For me too, I will give your game a decent shot if the character creator is fun. Yeah. <clears throat> Speaking um, of character creation, uh, mm-hmm. did you see? This isn't in in the deal, but did you see that uh, Funko is now letting you customize your own Funko Pop uh, characters? I did not. Yeah, so you can make That's yourself. Cool. Yeah. Oh, great. That's awesome. Yeah, I already did. It looks great. It looks fun. <laughs> nice. Did you order it? No, you not yet. Oh, okay. I'm probably going to get it, though. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. I'll, I should check that out. Yeah. Um, They're doing a live-action Tangled, and Baz Luhrmann is yeah, the front-runner to this, direct it. 
Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I, I talked over you. Uh, they've been. Oh, you're good. Uh, yeah, they've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now. Uh, Florence Pooh is in the lead to is what people have said they want to be Rapunzel, which mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, not who I would have picked, but mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, the one interesting deal about all of this, and we'll get to the, the news right here uh, after, after this fact, is Zachary Levi is hardcore on the campaign, especially after calling, essentially calling the Marvel films garbage and that everybody watches, unless it's his movies, you're watching <laughs> yeah. garbage. Yeah. Um, he has been like, oh, I've done the whole I would also like $20 million bullshit thing and come, on, come out of the gate being like, well, I mean, you know, I think Florence Plew's an amazing choice for it. And, and you know, really, really, I mean, I should play Finn. And it's like, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, technically, he did voice him in the cartoon oh, version. Don't get me wrong. I'm aware of that. I'm yeah. aware of that. But... Yeah. Also, but he's like way too old for that. <laughs> yeah, that's my point. Is he's aged yeah. out of it? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm I'm going to look now, and I'm looking up his and Florence Pooh's age gap. Because yeah, that sure is something. Sizable. That is something these, this this day and age that I always like to look at, especially like Tom Cruise and Haley Atwell. Unacceptable. Yeah. Like I also did not like... believe if for a single minute that she would be in love with a man his age. I don't care. Like or, or no. his height. Or his height. Uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, Man, watching him uh, perform on Apple boxes next to her was a joy. Oh, dude, it's insane. In the wide like, shots, she's clearly four inches taller than him, but in the dude, I know, and they're the trying to height. cheat her by cheating her like a couple steps behind him. And I'm like, yeah, guys, if <laughs> no. you have to employ technology used by Lord of the Rings to make normal yeah. people look up, you're fucking up. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? Uh, I actually think so for Tangled. Like, if I were if I were directing it, I would cast younger. Like, I would go with like well, Rapunzel's supposed teenagers. to be no Rapunzel's supposed to be like sixteen. Mm-hmm. That's why I also was like not my choice for Rapunzel. Like, I like yeah. I like Florence Pooh. Don't get me wrong, she's mm-hmm. great. I will never say a single thing against her. She's awesome. She does everything great. Like, I would never do it. She's always enjoyable when I see her. And even her tiny part in Oppenheimer was amazing. Like, mm-hmm. she destroys. She's a force to be reckoned with. And far be it for me to criticize her. However, Rapunzel is supposed to be younger. We were going. We did age appropriate Ariel. We did. We're doing an age appropriate Snow White with going younger. Like we need to go mm-hmm. younger. Florence Pooh's not old. She's twenty seven. Mm-hmm. But I still think twenty seven is old for Rapunzel. I agree. Like you don't want to make it too young, to the point mm-hmm. where Finn, the older Finn character, looks like a predatory male character. But you want to mm-hmm. cheat the character younger than twenty seven. And mm-hmm. P- P- Pooh looks younger than twenty seven. But I would say that she. Also, um, she doesn't. There's just something about her that I, I wouldn't be like Rapunzel. You know what I mean? Yeah, she has like a like a very mature energy to her. Um, yes, I, I would. Yeah, I would cast younger for that for sure. Absolutely. Um, so she's 27, and Zachary Levi is 68. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 42. Yeah. Yep. Nope. Yeah, and if, you, if I'm being honest, he kind of looks a little older than that. He does. Uh, <laughs> he does. He's aging into his dad years, and it's like, yeah, no. Yeah. And I'm sorry, and hey, man, I'm sorry your Shazam movies didn't work out, but um, maybe shut the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, did you see... Um, did, we didn't oh, talk anyway, about the Rebel Sorry, we didn't even talk about the director yet. thing. 
Boz Lerman is going to direct oh, yeah, it. Baz what do you Lerman, think about yeah. Boz Lerman doing Rapunzel, all that great. stuff? What do you think of Boz Lerman's work? I mean, he's... I think, I think okay, Boz yeah. Lerman's work is great. Uh, I think he's good at... Um, I think he would be good at directing a movie like this because he does, like, throwback kind of, like, big sound stagey set pieces, musical fanfare stuff very well. And I think if, if that's the style of movie they're going for, like, big musical... Um, you know, old kind of throwback, old school, sound stagey musical. I think he'd be great at it. I think he, he I like, I loved um, um, the Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Oh, Great Gatsby. Um, great Gatsby. Uh, I loved that. Um, I haven't seen the Elvis movie, um, but uh, yeah, I think Baz Luhrmann's great. I think he has a good visual style and a good eye for like pageantry and, and mm-hmm. musical numbers and all that kind of stuff. Sure. So I think, yeah, I think he, he would do great at this. Yeah, I, I would say this. He, I, on from my end, he is not the director I would have picked for this. Mm-hmm. But if they're doing that, I like that they're trying to innovate, you know, with their live action stuff. Yeah. Because it's like if you're going to do it, try and at least make it entertaining. Yeah, you know? get, get someone um, who will direct it and has a take. You know what I mean? Yes, As opposed exactly. to just like I'm making a film. Yeah, <laughs> someone who actually has an opinion on the piece rather than just right. like being like this is just a job. Um, however, yeah. having said that, I will say that Boslerman for me is very hit or miss. Yeah, like loved the Great Gatsby, uh, hated Elvis. Mm-hmm. I think he did an injustice to Elvis by doing that movie the way he did, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, nothing against Austin Butler, uh, but mm-hmm. I also think that Boz Lerman was able to uh, get one of the worst performances of a Tom Hanks performance of any Tom Hanks performance ever. <laughs> right. Yeah. Tom I- Hanks. I will say, <laughs> Tom Hanks is awful in that movie. Oh no. I and you know you know. When we lived together in college, we watched we watched Forrest Gump every single night it was on on AMC for a full straight week. So our love of Tom yeah. Hanks goes very deep, and it's almost weird. But like, and so I went into it being like Tom Hanks and his character. It's not just the character he's playing, but just the way he's playing it. It's just mm-hmm. it's not a Tom Hanks character, mm-hmm. and it's also just the way he performs. It's just not good. Okay. Good to know. Now, having said that, you might watch it and go, oh, Derek, you're such an idiot. And I'll be like, yeah, you're right. I am. (laughs) I mean, I do text that to you every time I see a movie that I like and you didn't like. (laughs) Every morning I wake up. Oh, it's a text from a son. Oh, I am terrible. Yes. Thank you for reminding me. (laughs) I think it's fun that you just let the audience know that you wake up singing that uh, Say a Little Prayer for You every morning. Oh, that's how I wake up. Yeah. It's an automatic thing. It annoys AJ to no end because I have to finish the song. It's the whole thing. There's a dance with it. Yeah. It takes about 10, 15 minutes. It's a whole... Yeah, I'm always late to work. <laughs> Why don't you get up earlier, do the song before, then you can be on time? Look, you can't rush the performance, man. Yeah. I don't control the song. I just sing it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> did you see the Rebel Moon trailer? The or the I teaser? Did, I did, dude. Yeah. Oh, what, what did, did you, you think? think? Oh my god, I'm um, so excited. I've been excited for yeah. so long and I'm so we've talked about this many times. Mm-hmm. Zack Steiner back in the chair doing his own thing, working on his own original project. I think it looks awesome. The fact that it's a two-parter made me go, "Ah!" Like <laughs> it because mm-hmm. I didn't know it was going to be a two-parter. I think I might have missed that news. Um, I love the cast. It looks sexy. Mm-hmm. You know? Just it the looks visuals great. and everything. It looks yeah. so good. Mm-hmm. He can he can shoot an image, man. That guy Fuck. is. If there's one Dude. thing he can do with that with the best of them is shoot an image. <laughs> you talk about a guy that makes movies that look like comic books. Yes. 
everything he makes looks so interesting and new and cool. Like he, he really knows in, how to dude. make shit look cool. Truthfully, you could yeah. have a Zack Snyder project. Not tell me it's a Zack Snyder project. Put it up on screen, and I would be immediately be drawn to it. Be like, I, what is what is this? I want to see this. Yeah. Like yeah. Zack Snyder has always had that pull for me. Mm-hmm. He's just such yeah. a good. God, he's so good. When he's doing yeah. his own thing, he is amazing. Yeah, I, I like Zack Snyder a lot. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be great. Mm, um, he also said that he wants to do a Gears of War movie, which I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Sign me up. Yeah, please Just sign let him me do up. It. Sign me up however I can help. Can I give you money? I don't have much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have much, but you can have it. You can have it. Um, yeah. I'd love to see his Gears of War. I think he would... He oh. would kill that aesthetic i think he would do a great job it's it's perfect for him Mm Mm-hmm. i agree what else you got um okay so they just released a bunch of cast uh players so we have like you know how you are about like creature feature stuff you know we've talked Mm -hmm. about this creature feature horror i'm like that with like gothic like horror you know like dracula and like frankenstein and stuff Mm -hmm. so good news three movies in the works right now we have mm-hmm. Nosferatu, Frankenstein, and The Bride of Frankenstein. Nosferatu mm-hmm. being um, Robert Eggers is directing Nosferatu with uh, Bill Skarsgård and Lily Rose Depp. Uh, the Willem Dafoe, Nicholas Holt, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, Emma Corrin, uh, and Ralph Innocent are also in it. Uh, mm-hmm. Guillermo del Toro will be doing Frankenstein, starring mm. – uh, oh, yeah, just wait – starring Oscar Isaacs, Andrew Garfield, and uh, Mia Goth. Mm-hmm. And then Maggie Gyllenhaal will be directing a The Bride of Frankenstein, starring Christian Bale and uh, one of the other Scar and Peter Skarsgård. Damn, that's <laughs> dude! I'm about to be so freaking happy. All right, let me ask you. Yes, in the please. Frank in the Frankenstein movie, who do you think's playing the monster? Who do you think's playing Frankenstein? I think Oscar Isaac's is going to play the monster. Okay. I think Andrew Garfield is going to play Doctor Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I'm you could excited go either the, way with it. With that's either what I'm those saying. Act, like, with, yeah. with either of those actors, you could truly go either way with it. And what you could do is you could do uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and what's his face? Uh, there was another actor that Benedict Cumberbatch likes to work with, but they did a two-man Frankenstein show where every uh-huh. other night they would switch off the roles. Yeah, that's awesome. So you come you come on a Friday. It's Benedict Cumberbatch's Dr. Frankenstein. The other guy. Oh, it's the guy that played Sherlock Holmes in the show Sherlock on uh, on television. Mm-hmm. They were both up for the role of Sherlock in the BBC stuff that Benedict Cumberbatch got the role in. But this uh-huh. guy got the American one after he failed the deal. But they liked each other so much during their audition that they decided to do something together. And they did a Frankenstein run on stage. That's and awesome. I hear, I hear it was amazing. I'm sure it was. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're um, both extremely talented. Yeah, I, I I think that's what excites me about this casting is it can totally go either way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's funny because like if I was if I had to if I was Guillermo del Toro, I might do Andrew Garfield as the monster if simply you because switch like it up. That's the way to yeah. do it. Because Andrew agree. Garfield, like he's so good at playing like tortured and like mm-hmm. broken. Uh, like man, I think he. But would the be thing so is, good. you could also be that in Doctor Frankenstein because the monster kills his fiance, and then he goes and he has to kill his abomination, essentially his son. So it's like a mm-hmm. father-son hatred sort of. It's oh god, Frankenstein's such a good book. Mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah. Ugh, oh, so good. Um, 
Yeah, but yeah, you could go either way. I mean, Andrew Garfield, like you're right. Andrew Garfield plays tortured really well. So does Oscar Isaacs, though. True. You yep. know? And either yep. way, and that's the beautiful part about that, and that's what I'm excited to see who gets what, is because uh, both both of them play can play tortured characters, and mm-hmm. both of them are good either way. And because each character with the monster and the doctor, they're both tortured. So it's like they're it's a perfect it's honestly to me it's a perfect casting Mm -hmm. it's no robert de niro as frankenstein but you know (laughs) it's a wacky movie he doesn't do a bad job it's just one of those 90s movies where you're like we're gonna put a new twist on frankenstein it's like please please don't yeah (laughs) it's like how everybody tries to make robin hood these days or king arthur and they're like it's new i'm like yeah but we haven't seen the original for like, yeah, just, the fifth. just make the story. Like, literally haven't seen the original story since 1950, so if you could just go ahead and do that again, that'd be great, because nobody wants a new Robin Hood. Thank you. <laughs> and they go, I hear what you're saying, and the answer is no. <laughs> yeah, I hear what you're saying, Derek, and we know it makes sense, and we will not piss off people, but uh, no, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and, your, and your ideas and being smarter than us. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, they got a little arrogant at the end. I apologize. Oh, no, Um, it's fine. (laughs) My ego popped up. That doesn't normally happen. Um, (laughs) Let's see. What what else? What did I say? Oh, I sent you a trailer for a movie that I didn't have time to watch. Mm. But it stars Mads Mikkelsen, and it looks intense. But we can skip on. Um, Yeah, I I watched that trailer. It looks good. What's it about? It's uh, about a guy. uh, I mean, it's been a couple days. But Mads Mikkelsen, it's a period piece. Mads Mikkelsen plays a guy like on a mission to like uh like build this settlement and like just m- kind of make a name for himself in like uh, you know in this I, I i don't know i need to watch again but it's 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 kind of like it gives me like there will be blood vibes like mm. it's like he's trying to it's just like a character piece about this guy trying to like build his homestead and like kind of being an outsider in this town mm-hmm. and you know uh, problems arise and whatnot. Uh, yeah, it's one of those movies. It's just you know, it's give, give me my Oscar Mads Mikkelsen movie, um, and it's all and in honestly, uh, whatever language it is. I'm not sure what language it is, but it's like uh, probably whatever his native tongue is. Yeah, where um, is he from? I think he's is he Norwegian or Icelandic or something? I believe he's up from that area, but don't quote me. I'm gonna look it up. Man, yeah, he's from I, somewhere he also might up be there. Danish. Oh, he could be. Danish, boom, yeah, got Denmark, it. Denmark, yeah, Denmark. Uh, oh, a former gymnast and dancer. Oh, did not sir. know he was a gymnast. Didn't know he was a dancer. Learning everything about yeah. Mads. Now I want to see him dance in a musical. Um, maybe he should play a Ken. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> I'm Scary just Ken. Ken. Yeah. <laughs> like, whoa, intense Ken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, it looks good though. It look, it's well shot. It, I'm sure yeah. it's well written. It looks great. The first movie I ever saw Mads Mikkelsen in was this movie called Flame and Citroen. And it was a mm-hmm. great movie, but it's about these two Danish resistance fighters during World War II that just wake up one day and have a, have had enough of the Nazis' bullshit. And uh, one of the guys mm-hmm. is like red hair. It's, they're, true story. One of the guys is red hair, so they call him Flame. And the other one is, uh, I don't know, it ignites him, so they call him like Citroen, which is gas. 
gasoline, uh-huh. basically. And so they uh-huh. basically, it's the story about how, I mean, I think they ended up dying in it, but they are remembered as like these major heroes because they just waged like a two-man guerrilla warfare in like the streets of Denmark against the Nazis, just like assassinating high-profile SS officers and stuff because they just, <laughs> they were just at the bar one day and looked each other, at, it was something like they saw something happening across the street and they were like, well, this isn't going to fucking stand anymore. And they just like started handling shit. That sounds awesome. It's a great uh, movie. I remembered what I what else I've been watching. Uh, yes. I've been watching What We Do in the Shadows, the oh, current season of that. So good. I haven't started and the new season, is. but oh. it's fantastic. It's always fantastic. Very, very good. Very, very good uh, show. One of my favorites right now. Yeah, I've been watching that as well. Mm, good. Yeah, super good. Uh, okay, that's not news. That's not news. Uh, did you see the Good Burger teaser? I did, dude. Yeah. What do you think? Are you excited? Yeah, I think so. I think Good Burger is a hard thing to mess up because it's like literally you just kind of have to do that same thing again, and I think people will be happy with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, as long as it's oh, like the as long as the oh, it's all right. Sorry, I bought as my lo- microphone. So yeah, so what were you saying? <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> um, I think as long as it's like funny enough, and you know, there's a, a you know a a coherent plot. I think this will be fine. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. It, it, you yeah. just you just have to have a plot that works. Make a ninety minute comedy, like an old school nineties ninety minute yeah. comedy starring two best friends who just this mm-hmm. is their passion project and they're doing it for us like older millennials now. Yeah. You know, because like I grew up watching them on all that, and that's what made me want to do sketch comedy when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because someone came along and was like, you know, that's their job. And I was like, wait, what? You can do that as a job? And they were like, yeah. And that's when someone was like, do you not know about Saturday Night Live? And I was like, no. And then they showed me Saturday Night Live and I was like, oh. Oh, I like this. I like this a lot. What is this and where was I? Yeah, and how do I? I know I'm young, but how do I get involved? Um, uh, but no, Keenan, Keenan and Kel, uh, they're, they're, for, our, mm-hmm. for our generation, it is, they are, that's, that's household name. That's a household team up, you know? And I think if they can if they can nail it and not make it too, not make it too stupid and silly, but like mm-hmm. cohesive and you know make it fun for like the younger generation, but also put a little bit of like that millennial misery in it too. I think would be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, I like Keenan. I love Kel. Like I, I love these characters, uh, especially Ed. Uh, so what is Kel? Oh, Ed is so good. What has Kel been doing? He's kind of been. Did he go through? Drugs I know he's been like hosting stuff. He does stand up as well. Uh, I think he's been moving and shaking a little bit. I don't know if he's okay. been on TV recently. He hasn't but... been, but I'm gonna. Yeah, I know he does up. stand up and stuff. Oh, okay. Does he? Okay, that's probably what he's been doing. Yeah. Um. Guardians of the Galaxy actor Dave Bautista wants to portray Bane in the DCU. I also would like twenty million dollars, but no, no, I, I read think that's that. A- <laughs> no, it's not. That to me is not an. I also want twenty million dollars. That is a man who knows his audience and yeah. knows what we want and knows that the Tom Hardy portrayal, while fun, was not exactly yeah. the Bane we were looking for. Mm-hmm. He knows that. Mm-hmm. He should be Bane against our Pats. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Oh. I think he'd be a gr- he'd be a great Bane. <laughs> he'd be such a good our Pat Bane. You know what's funny about Batista? You know what I think, what role Mm. I think he could take over in a franchise? Yeah, tell me. What's up? The Terminator. 
Fuck, he'd be so good in the Terminator. He would be a great Terminator. He would be a great Terminator. And okay, so who would be who would be his Kyle Reese? Who would be the foil? Ooh, who would be the like? Come I with me if you want to live. Do we do? Okay, so here's my question: Is do we do another Terminator movie where it's like Terminator and humans, but Terminator versus Terminator, or do we mm. do Terminator versus humans again? Hmm. Good question. I think if, if I'm casting Batista, I I want to do he teams up with somebody because I I think he's too good as like a good oh, guy. Okay, so he's a, he's like a good T1100 or T850 yeah, he, or T800 yeah, he's or a, something. Yeah, he's a T he's like a Terminator 2 style Terminator where he's yeah, like on our side. I think that's yeah, T800 uh-huh. or T850 something like. That. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I love this franchise. <laughs> yeah. This is why would people no, like definitely. what model would you be? I'm like, "Oh, easily T1 T1100." Yeah. <laughs> like like yeah. liquid metal skin. With a with a like a uh, with an armatured body under skeletal body underneath, you could separate the liquid skin and make two attacking forces. Like absolutely, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I no, I totally agree. I I man, and you and uh, because of the time travel, like I would get away from doing it, like doing the ones that are kind of set in modern day. I think I would do kind of like a period piece, like. Mm. And, and, and figure out a way to do that because I think it's just uh, I think the movies just need to simplify again and just go back to what they're good at as opposed mm-hmm. to like trying to be these big sweeping sci-fi epics because that's not yeah, what they are right. you know what I no. mean they're not like oh no. they're not that they're these small movies no. not small but they're these you know small in terms of like how scope like how many characters we're watching we're watching like three or four characters you know what I mean right. like yes. that's what oh, it yeah. should be not like Oh, we're tracking all these characters, and then Linda Hamilton's around, and then uh, all the, you know what I mean? Like it's just those movies got became too like convoluted, I think, uh, in the last couple ones. But um, I think, uh, yeah, if you scale it back and do like a simple story again, I think Dave Bautista would be great as a Terminator because he 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 has like that quality that Arnold has, where like he can be strong, silent, and stoic, but like you feel like he's thinking and you in and, and he can deliver one-liners earnestly and not sound like ridiculous you know oh, what I mean? exactly yes well the <laughs> other thing too that's perfect it'd be perfect to just pass the torch over to batista or somebody like that is because schwarzenegger's starting to be a little too old for the franchise and mm-hmm. i know the whole thing is is that the skin on top of the uh on top of the machine ages which i think was a great mm-hmm. workaround whether like that's why he looks old but what i will say is um you know, it's time to it's time to pass the uh, pass the torch on, and I think I think you're right. I think um, um, Batista has that uh, has that option, and I'm sorry, I misquoted. It wasn't the T1100; it was the Rev Nine. Oh, okay, Rev Nine. Interesting. Um, yes, it's a it's a modified version of the TX that you see in Terminator Three. Mm-hmm. With Christiana Loken starring as the Terminator, oh, okay. um, yeah, yeah. yeah, the uh, it has a liquid nanoparticle metal form and endoskeleton uh, uh, can operate independently of each other. Interesting. It can also shape shift because the liquid nanoparticles can make you look like anything you want. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh yeah, Rev Nine for me. Also, if I ever show up, if I ever walk into a public space and I do see a Rev Nine, I'm just going to turn around and walk away. Yeah, you kind of have <laughs> like, to. This is not for me. Uh, no, I think Dave Batista would be great. I think if you want to do a period piece, you could make it even. You could take it even further. Forget going back to like protect Sarah Connor. Let's go back and protect Sarah Connor's mom. Mm-hmm. You Something know, like that. Um, I actually have send an idea. a soldier back to the back to the past from the future. Send a yeah. Kyle Reese stand in from the future back to the past. Maybe this guy doesn't make it, which is why they send Kyle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, here's the other thing. 
it deals with multiple timelines and essentially mm-hmm. multiple like multiverses for the Terminator. Mm-hmm. Just stop trying to link it all together. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to make yeah, sense. It doesn't I mean, need to make be. it make it somewhat coherent. Like yeah. have a have a generalized outline for the world that you're going to be building, but like let it free flow, man. Just be like every time something happens, like oh, what about this? Like oh, the timeline got disrupted, and it's just like cool, fixed it. Like that explains everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have an idea for a, for a, for a yes. movie. You ready for this? Hit me. All right. So it's like a uh, so at some point in the future before. Uh, uh, Skynet, uh, you know, is destroyed or whatever in the future. Uh, while the war is still going on, mm-hmm. uh, the 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 Skynet realizes that a uh, that they there's a rare earth mineral that exists that used to exist on Earth, um, but was unobtainium. Yeah, uh, some unobtainium type uh, material that like would be really useful for the war in the future. But for some reason, like maybe it was mined all up before the war, or whatever, right? And yeah. so they sent. So basically, Skynet sends a. They they go back in time to like maybe it's the seventies or something, mm-hmm. and they uh and they they go back in time to this mine before all the stuff is mined up uh, for other purposes, and they establish like this like basically this mining option mining operation of their own and they like subjugate the people of the town and they send like a terminator of their own uh uh to run the operation and to make sure nothing gets out of line so they can so that they can establish this mining operation in the past so that in the future they have all of this like rare earth metal or whatever interesting and, and dave batista is sent back by the resistance to stop that terminator who's running the the town and mm-hmm. you know, then it just plays out like a you know, like a, a western. You know, he's yeah, liberating small this town, town western. From, yeah. yeah, yeah, like the mm-hmm. classic, like save us yes. from the big oil guy, the big mining guy. Yeah. Literally the literally the plot from Magnificent Seven and like untold mm-hmm. amount of westerns. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be and great. maybe and maybe maybe it's not the seventies. You can go back further. Like imagine a Terminator, but like in like western? I don't know. There will be blood times. You know, yeah, what I mean? like early nineteen hundreds, <laughs> late eighteen, yeah. early nineteen hundreds. Hell yeah, yeah, dude, that'd be sick, dude. It'd be great when the machine guns just being invented exactly <laughs> that would be awesome uh, yeah i think that'd be really fun um yeah uh something like that would cool. be great yeah but something to like get out of because the, like, also then you have the excuse to build an entire fake town somewhere and then just yes. blow it up <laughs> and then blow it up yeah yeah <laughs> and boom goes the dynamite <laughs> and yes it definitely does be like all right we got all our shots everybody good all right blow it yeah Dude, there's so many Jackie Chan movies like that where they just like, especially his early Hong Kong stuff where they just build entire towns like just to blow them up, or just, <laughs> just entire... to drive cars through it. Yeah, 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 dude. Oh, I miss like, I miss the day and age when people would build just just build like like I love that for like the show Deadwood they just built mm-hmm. the town. It's still there. Mm-hmm. I believe the set is still somewhere out in the woods that you can drive to, and the whole town's there. They just built a town because <laughs> they needed to. Yeah, they need they, you. Just had to back then. Like, like people we have would to just build it. stay. People would just live there during filming and stuff. So it became kind of this weird actual town. Like the saloon became functional and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> That's hilarious. It's so crazy. Yeah. Um, we're getting a Michael Jackson biopic. Yes, we are. That's the dire- uh, yeah. Director says the movie will not avoid the controversies of the pop icon, which is I I don't know how you can. I mean, I guess you could, but like. Oh, you no, could that's totally, not an interesting movie. <laughs> you 100% could blow over the controversies. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Michael Jackson's career ended in 1993. It's like, no, it didn't. <laughs> and everyone was lived happily ever yeah, after. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, sure, give us a Michael Jackson uh, biopic. Uh, as long as it's well-made. I, I, I like biopics. If they're well-made, I'm, I'm down. But if they're crazy yeah. and weird, then no. It takes the right kind of person. Yes. To like handle that. And I think in with Michael Jackson specifically, like my problem with Michael Jackson is that I love his music, but he's a monster. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like how yep. do you in, in you know, to the point where I've actually stopped listening to his stuff because I can't like obviously I won't tell somebody to turn it off if they have it on, but like I personally don't listen to it anymore just because I'm like, I don't I don't want money going to his estate. Yeah. You know I totally I um, totally but uh no, I think it'll be interesting. I hope they tackle all the stuff. I hope they tackle the darkness. I hope they tackle the kids mm-hmm. stuff and the the father abuse and uh, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because like Michael Jackson was a very very talented man, but he was a very traumatized individual as well. Yep, totally. You know, did so. I did I tell you I saw? Because uh, uh, going to our next little bit of news here, did I tell you I uh, I saw Hideo Kojima at. Um, Charging his Tesla at a at a Vons or at a grocery at a pavilions nearby. No, no yeah, you this didn't. was like this is probably like uh like two months ago maybe maybe uh-huh. three. Um, yeah, I saw him and then I was like that looked a lot like Hideo Kojima, and then uh because it's the pavilions I go to all the time they have like a, a whole like a whole row of of Tesla superchargers at it. We get um, it. You live in L.A. Yeah, uh, in Hollywood. Yeah, they have a bunch of superchargers I don't use because I drive a Subaru. Uh, <laughs> so do um, I. Good choice, my man. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, that looks a lot like Hideo Kojima, and then I went to his Twitter to uh, to see maybe he's been posting about. And yes, indeed, it was uh, Hideo Kojima. Oh, uh, he po- he was posting pictures in because he went to In and Out uh, while he was here, okay. and it, he was like standing next to the same Tesla. I was like, oh man, <laughs> I should have said something, dude. Um, honestly, I don't even know what I would have done. I should have walked by and be like, love your work. Yes. Like, thank you just, for Metal all, Gear. No, no, literally, like, thank you for your video games. You are awesome. Would love to talk to you, but I'm too afraid, so I'm going to get in my car. Goodbye. You have a good day. <laughs> uh, I love I love Hideo Kojima. I think he's... He's, he's so good. He's great because he... Uh, he make, I mean, he's known as, a, as the video game guy, but like he also is just like a giant movie nerd, mm-hmm. uh, which I love about him. Well, that's what um, makes his what, video game so good, is he, yes. he pays attention to film and then uses that for his games. And I'm just like, that, yes, that's yeah. how it should be. Yeah. Like, I mean, he kind of pioneered, like, he Metal did. Gear Solid, I don't think gets enough credit, but that game no. kind of pioneered cinematic games. Oh, like it, broke, it, it broke ground in a way. Like, do you remember when it came, when it came out? Because I was older... Like, I'm mm-hmm. older than you, but, like, I remember when Metal Gear Solid mm-hmm. came out. I do, too, People yeah. lost their minds. It was all anybody could talk about at school. Mm-hmm. All my friends. but And I was, you know, whatever. I didn't have enough money for a PlayStation, so I was, you know, behind still playing Sega Genesis. But, like, yeah. you know, it was, I would go to their houses, and they were like, you gotta play this! And I'm like, okay, and we just play it all afternoon. That's, like, what we would do. You know, and yep. their, their, the moms would be like, "Are you gonna go outside and go skateboarding?" I thought that's what you guys were gonna do. And they'd be like, "Oh, Derek hasn't played Metal Gear," and they'd be like, "Ah, do you need yeah. snacks?" <laughs> like, yeah, like, instantly resigned to the fact, like, "Oh, these boys are not leaving the house today." Like, yeah, yeah. I don't think we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna make that hike. <laughs> <laughs> we could go for a hike right here in the middle of this river. All we need to do is just get those pieces, put them together. We can build that rocket ship. <laughs> yeah. Um, so speaking of, uh, speaking of Hideo Kojima, so 
Uh, um, yes. He posted some photos to his Instagram of uh, Keanu Reeves hanging out with uh, what's this dude's name? Oh, Norman Reedus. Uh, Norman Reedus, that's right. Yeah, from um, Walking Dead. From Walking Dead and from the the game. The, um, what's Hideo Kojima's game? Uh, uh, Death Stranding. Si- Death Stranding. Yeah. Yes. Um, also with Mads Mikkelsen in it, I believe. Also and, with Mads Mikkelsen, yeah. But bleedy eye Mads Mikkelsen, the way that he used to <laughs> yes. be cast, where they fuck with his eyes somehow and then be like, now act. Yeah, um, exactly. They used to do that a lot to him. Like that was like literally his shtick, man. Yeah. Like I remember people online would be like, "Why are we messing with this man's eyes? Like, what is the weird yeah. thing? Like, even as Caecilius in uh, Straight Doctor Strange, like still had mm-hmm. eye stuff. It's like what? I mean, good for him. He had a gimmick and he wrote it in, into like Hollywood stardom. But like at the same yeah. time, I'm like, what was the what was the like the impetus for every director and like costume and makeup person to be like? I'm gonna mess with your eyes. Let's do something with that. Yeah. How about his it's, eyes? No, you specifically. Yeah, exactly. There's something about him I just want to fuck with. <laughs> yeah. Wow, it's, it's we've been swearing a, a lot this episode. This is gonna earn that explicit tag. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I, I don't know what this project is. If my guess is, it's probably um, Keanu Reeves is shooting content for his motorcycle company. I yeah. would imagine yeah, that yeah, this yeah, is what is. that is. No, it's, uh, it's it, so. Norman Reed, yeah. Reeves has a show where he takes oh. people on motorcycles. Yeah, so it's it's oh, like okay. a buddies hanging out on motorcycles. It's kind of like uh, comedians in cars getting coffee, but it's like awesome dudes motorcycles. on motorcycles taking trips. You know, it's the <laughs> nice. version that I it's the version that I prefer to watch. You know, yeah, instead of like, totally. so do you like coffee? Shut up. Yeah, <laughs> you were funny oh, in the nineties. Cool. You're not relevant anymore. Just enjoy yeah. your millions of dollars and go away, Jerry. Like, yeah, your stand up. Not good anymore. You kind of lost yeah. touch when you got millions of dollars and stopped being hungry. Go mm-hmm. away, please. Again, nothing against Jerry Seinfeld. I just don't yeah. like comedians in cars getting coffee. I would much yep. prefer rugged men on motorcycles taking trips together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This looks great. Uh, I, I am very interested to see what these two talk about. Um, right? Hey, yeah. Speaking of which, speaking of motorcycles and Norman Reedus and Keanu Reeves, you realize that in that team-up, you're looking at the two frontrunners for the Ghost Rider movie, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. The Ghost Rider movie that apparently went into went into pre pro, right mm-hmm. before the strikes happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Damn. And it's listed on that list of Disney's future rated R movies. Mm-hmm. Rated I think R that'd movie, be a g- Ghost Rider with Norman Reedus or Keanu Reeves. I don't care either one. Just shut up and put it in theaters, please. Yeah, if. So if I'm Kevin Feige, I'm either casting Keanu Reeves as, um, in my dream casting, he's the voice of the Silver Surfer, uh, if yeah. not if not also the character model, because I yeah. love his voice and I think it would be great for the Silver Surfer. Oh yeah, for um, sure. Uh, like that Keanu that that like that uh, Matrix style, like that Neo style delivery of like dialogue, I think would be great for the Silver Surfer. Oh, you mean um, the greatest line of all time? We're gonna get yeah. guns. Lots of Lots guns. Of guns. <laughs> or, whoa. <laughs> I know kung fu. Yeah. <laughs> jiu-jitsu? I'm going to learn jiu-jitsu? <laughs> that, that movie is... I, the, the Wachowskis are geniuses because I, I think... I love that movie. Having them talk with that... Because st- everyone has that kind of stilted delivery in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone kind of has that sort of... Uh, I think it's intentional because it's like it's the future so like uh accents have kind of melded into this one way of speaking i think right. is the the thought process behind it and 
it's interesting because it, it works to make the movie feel timeless. Because mm-hmm. if they were like talking all super 90s and like <laughs> saying oh, like, sorry. you know, a bunch of. <laughs> if they were talking like a bunch of blue aliens throwing around the words bruh and cuz, that would, that would yeah, rip exactly. you out of the movie. That would take yes. focus off the project as a whole and make you realize that the script is outdated and pointless and these movies don't need to be made. Except yes. for state of the art, like proof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I get yeah, it. 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, it, it just it, it just works, dude. It just it makes the movie feel timeless. It makes it feel like it, you're watching, like, like truly it's an American, like, fairy tale, that movie. It is. Like, it is, like, one of our classic stories now, you know? Straight up. It's a modern American. Yes, exactly. And I love that you put it that. I also will say this, too. It It is interesting because with that halting sort of speech style, it does different things for different characters. With Keanu, yes. it makes him sound new and confused and like, all yes. the world, like whatever. With um, with Morpheus, it makes him sound wise and like contemplative. Yes. And, and so stuff. Stink. Trinity, so stink, you know? Trinity doesn't speak much, so it makes it seem like mm-hmm. she is very, like she, with her character, like they gave it this one thing, you make a good point, they gave it this one thing, but it does different things for different characters and yeah. I like that. Yeah, it's great. Like there's a lot of it's man, I, I, I'm sure there's somebody out there teaching a college course on those movies because oh, there's absolutely. so much intentionality, almost like psychotic levels of intention of intentionality mm-hmm. in those movies. Yes. Where like there's details to that movie that like you're not even aware of when you're watching it, but no. like if you are watching them, it's like oh my gosh, it's just, there's so well, much to this. You know, you're not even aware of it when you're watching it in eighth grade, like I was when it came out in the movies. Mm-hmm. But I watch it, I watch it as an adult, and I'm like oh my god. Yes. Dude, there is a... You, this is I'm like an say, ogre. There's layers on layers. <laughs> There's an episode of Movies with Mikey, uh, which is one of my favorite video essay YouTubes. Um, oh, yeah, you've sent me a couple mm-hmm. episodes with him. I like that show. He's yeah, good. He's great. He does a really thoughtful like analysis of like the Matrix franchise as a whole. Mm. Um, uh, and he, it was released around when the Matrix... Uh, um, Resurrections came out. Mm-hmm. He he tied it into that and did like a mm-hmm. whole kind of retrospective about it. It's really good. Like he, because it really is like he he talks about how the Matrix series as a whole, but especially the first one, is like a an allegory for transness. And mm-hmm. you know, it, it, because both the Wachowskis are trans now, it seems like uh, an easy thing to be like read that into the movie. But, sure. Uh, it is all there. Like, it really is there. Like, they really knew what they were doing and, and baked so much stuff. Like, a lot of the language we use now around identity and, and, and all of that, like, so much of that it, language and the seeds of that kind of, those kinds of ideas are baked into the Matrix that, like, it almost seems like there's no way they were so ahead of their times with this in, in, in when they were writing this in 1995 or whatever. Like, it, right. like of course they're both trans now because like so much of what is in, like the themes of that movie is all about like identity and transness and and and, tr- and living your truth, all that kind of stuff. It's like so baked into like every aspect of that movie. It's really, it's really amazing. Well, I'm gonna have to listen uh, to that that, that movie. And now if I encounter any any trans individual, I'll be like, you know the action movie for you is The Matrix, right? And they'll be like, yeah, wait, exactly. what, why? I'll be like, blah, 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 blah. go watch yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> and thanks for coming to my TED Talk. And they'll talk. look at me and be like, okay, do you have any other recommendations? Like, give me five minutes, I'll figure it out. Yeah, also, uh, one other one other detail about The Matrix that I think is just amazing, but uh, before we leave The Matrix, uh, yeah. if you notice, most of the people of Zion who were born in Zion... Uh, and and just most of the people in general are all kind of a 
a shade of like brown caramel oh, yeah. complexion yeah, yeah. skin. Because it's all blending uh, because, into one thing. Yeah, everything is just merged into like one. And I, it's just Which is truthfully you, what we should just do. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't ever I love it because they don't uh, like with most of the, like the, the really fine detail stuff, they never say anything about that. They no. never like call they it out. Call it just to, is no, the world. Just, yeah. And I'm like I it's love stuff so like good. that. My it's favorite so thing good. is when you don't call attention to it and you just do yeah. it. Because surprisingly, when you don't call attention to it, the people that freak out over that stuff tend not to notice. Yeah, yeah, dude. If you wiped out most of the people on Earth and there's like, you know, ten thousand people left, yeah, we in a couple, turn around. yeah, in a couple generations, I'm not surviving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah, we would all just be like a weird beige color after a few generations, you know. I mean, I'd be um, fine underground because my skin clearly doesn't need vitamin D like everybody else's. But like, yeah. you know, at the same time, it's like I'm not designed yeah. to live in hot underground tunnels. Like I'm cold yeah, no. weather and woods, man. If that disappears, I'm just gonna go into a field and kill myself. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, dude. That it's 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 um, I I really love those movies. Uh, yeah. Sorry, we're lingering oh, no. on that. But no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> honestly, honestly, this is what I was gonna say. It's because we spent so much time talking about this. We need to get to the movie of the week. What I will Let's say is we should we should do a separate episode where we talk about the Matrix just as a whole, individually, whatever. I'm super uh, down for yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, let's just add that uh, once we finish up the Fast and the Furious like individual episodes. Let's do the Matrix. Sure, I'm down. Cool. Uh, you you ready to jump to the movie? Let's let's do the movie of the week, my friend. What did we see? We saw DC Warner Brothers Discovery's Blue Beetle. Um, we saw this, uh, when did you see it? I saw it, um, two days ago? I, yesterday. Okay, cool. So it's fresh for you. Uh, it's fresh yeah. for me too, but a little yeah, bit more yeah, fresh yeah. for you. Um, yeah, this movie is, uh, yeah, what did you think about, it Start. let me just get, uh, the, it's directed by, uh, Angel Manuel Soto, um, and mm-hmm. I think he pronounces it Anuel, uh, and the, st- it stars, uh, Solo Maradueña. Uh, and Bruna, what is her last name? Marquezin, 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 and George Lopez, a bunch of other really talented act- actors. Alberto Reyes, he's great. Yes. Uh, oh, Harvey Guillen from uh, What We Do in the yes. Shadows is in this. Yes, he was awesome. I love <laughs> yeah. him. Anytime he Susan- shows up, it's great. <laughs> Susan Sarandon, Susan Sarandon in this, yeah. is in this. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Damian Alcazar, who played the father. I think he did a phenomenal job in this. Um, yeah, yeah. Every, everyone, yeah, a bunch of talented actors in this. Um, a bunch of talented uh, Latin American actors, uh, a, a, which is awesome as well. Um, yeah, what'd you think about, what were your expectations of this movie going in? I was worried. Okay, so here's where it started. I'll take you on the emotional journey of the Blue Beetle with me. Um, it started out with me being like, oh, cool, they're making Blue Beetle for HBO Max. Uh-huh. And everybody's like, yay! And then HBO yeah. was like, ooh, we could put this in theaters. This is good enough mm-hmm. we should put in theaters. And I was like, oh, cool, good for them. Yep. And then I was like, definitely going to watch that now. Yep. And then things happened. Mm-hmm. And movies came out. And there was a lot of hype around the Flash, and a lot, and it didn't deliver. Yes. And then I started to see the same hype around Blue Beetle, and I started to get worried. Yeah. And I will say that ultimately my takeaway from this is that I was right to be worried because it wasn't as good as everybody pumped it up to be. It wasn't bad, mm-hmm. but it, it it was a fine movie. Yeah. It just maybe should have been a max release. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I'm looking at yeah, from totally. looking at it from looking at it and just to, as a total package, you know, project. Totally. I go, this was not a theatrical release movie. You yeah. know, 
Like, and, 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 and we can talk about the problems and we can talk about the lack of marketing and then all the, like the lack of marketing in the beginning and then the overwhelming marketing at the end and a bunch of different stuff. But I just, I, it, you know, I, I was going into it just kind of like a, eh, we'll see, you mm-hmm. know? So how about you? What did you? Yeah, same. I, I didn't know anything about this character. Um, same. Prior same. Yeah. And I want to say this. As we move forward in the DCU, my ignorance is going to start showing. Unless it's Batman, my ignorance is going to start showing in, like, 100%. massive amounts. Like, Marvel, yeah. I can kind of cover it, you know? I yeah. know enough about stuff that it's like, ah, whatever, and if you give me five minutes, I can research it, and I'll have all the answers for you. But, like, yeah. DC, I got nothing. If it's outside of the Batverse, I'm like, mm, we're in uncharted territory, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> it's kind of like how I was only familiar with the Guardians of the Galaxy because Iron Man was a part of them for a minute, and that's the only like mm-hmm. attachment I had. But outside of that, I knew nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yo, no, totally. Um, uh, same. The only in- the only introduction I had to Blue Beetle was Blue Beetle was a character, and it might have been just a DLC character in one of the Injustice games. And so I DLC, remember yeah, he was playing a DLC character. Yeah, I remember using uh, like you know playing with the character, but not knowing really anything about the character other than that I knew he was uh, Latino because some of his quips in the game were in Spanish. So I'm like, oh, it's a, a, a Latino character. That's cool. Uh, so I don't really know anything about Blue Beetle. Uh, uh, you know, I saw a little of, a little of his power set in that game, but I didn't know anything about the character. Um, and uh, yes, as you said, D- DC has. Um, uh, struggled through some releases recently, as have all the studios, but um, them in particular. I mean, even while I enjoyed the Flash, um, you know, they, it still wasn't a great outing for that for that studio for Warner no. Brothers in, in DC. Um, so yeah, I, obviously you have to be very cautious going into a movie like this. I was um, excited to hear that people enjoyed it. Um, yes, and, and yes. So I was I was looking forward to it in that sense because I'm Fan like, reviews. oh maybe. Yeah, yes. Sorry, fan reviews of this movie have been great. So yeah, that was what, that's what movie. pumped me up. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, okay, if people like this movie, there must be something in it to like. So <laughs> let's go. Yeah. And, and to be honest, I liked I liked the way the suit looked in the trailer. I thought the trailers were effective enough. Um, I, I was excited about George Lopez. Uh, I am a big George Lopez fan since college. Um, I love anytime he shows up when he gets to have fun, and he's definitely having fun in this. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think the movie, uh, I would say the movie slightly, ever so slightly exceeded my expectations. Okay. Um, in some regards. In some other regards, I was very disappointed. But in okay. most, okay. I would say with most of the movie, I was fairly um, happy with it. Specific things I was like, yeah. And I think we might agree on the same specific things because for me it was very yeah. I was like, it's fine. It's a fine movie. It, it excels in certain areas, but it, it falls flat in others, you know. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of evens. It kind of evens itself out into being fine, mm-hmm. you know. I walked yes. out of it going, okay. I'm yeah. not <laughs> mad. I saw that, you know. Yep. But like, was it a theater release movie? I don't think so. Yeah. Um, I th- is I'll, I'll say this. I think this movie has all the pieces to have been a like truly, truly great comic mm-hmm. book movie. Yes, um, I, I don't think it reaches those levels, but I think it could have. Like, it has all the pieces to to really have been a special movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't quite that. Um, and we'll get into why. But um, I'm just gonna talk. Uh, I'm gonna read a quick plot summary from Wikipedia about uh, the the movie. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, in a remote frozen tundra of Antarctica, members of Cord Industries, led by the company's co-founder and CEO, Victoria Cord, managed to locate an ancient alien artifact, alien artifact known as the Scarab. 
Uh, meanwhile, Jamie, Re- oh, excuse me, Jaime Reyes returns to his hometown of Palmera City uh, after graduating from Gotham Law University, only to learn that his family is facing eviction from their home due to financial difficulties. Um, so yeah. they put on, uh, so they put on a, a talent show to save the rec center. Yeah, exactly. Um, this is before, uh, yeah. So you know, uh, uh, Jaime uh, has a cha- has a chance encounter with Cord Industries, uh, working you know his minimum wage you know catering job that type right. of thing. Blah 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 blah. And he ends up with this blue beetle, gives him superpowers, and the bad company wants to take it back from him uh, because they have plans for global domination. Yada yada yada. Because they're um, bad guys. Yes, and uh, Jaime, along with his family have to work to stop the bad guys and uh the the daughter like sort of the the wayward daughter of the company um i forget her her character's first name it but her is, last name is cord jenny uh, is it jenny, jenny cord yeah jenny yeah. cord yeah jenny cord uh works with the family to stop susan sarandon and her evil superpowered henchman who also has a suit um based on the beetle tech but it's not oh, quite you mean as carpax yeah carpax um <laughs> ignacio carpax um yeah uh, and fa- hashtag family. Uh, uh, say, yes, say uh, it with the act. Family. Family. <laughs> um, yeah. I think every part of this movie for me works except for the first 20 to 30 minutes. I agree. Um, I think that uh, <laughs> this movie treats... This movie went to the the Fast and the Furious school of like establishing people's relationships, mm-hmm. and it and and it's it, it you know, it's not a horrible thing like because I like the Fast and the Furious movies that I know what I'm getting into when I watch those and I know right. they're basically cartoons so like it's not it's going to be very surface level everyone's going to speak in platitudes that don't quite make sense and it's going to be fine family. <laughs> I think at the end, what at this, the end you get the warm fuzzies like it's yes. whatever. I think that the. The level at which all these actors are bringing it, the level at which um, I think legitimately there's some like dramatic moments that really hit home with me. There's really good themes and really good um, exploration of those themes going on, I think, in this movie. But they are totally underserved by the generic, rote, um, literally chat GPT generated dialogue about, well, I'm back from college and oh no, the house is being foreclosed and oh no, we lost the auto shop. It just like, come on, man. You know what I mean? You're gonna get so also, much out of this stuff later. Let's do a little bit better, like more interesting job of establishing our characters. Also, here's my problem. We live in a day mm-hmm. and age where you have a computer that is linked to satellites that sits in your back pocket near you within reach at all times, right? Mm-hmm. All the information, according to man, that we have is accessible through this device, right? How do you go to college in this day and age and not know your family's about to lose their house and lost the auto shop? Like, yeah. I don't believe it. It's a completely unbelievable. Like, it makes sense if it was the 50s where it's yeah. like, ah, oh, where you go to college two states away and you'd never see your family. Like, yeah. you know, because it's just what it was. And then you come home and you're like, oh, no, the ice cream shop's closed. You know, that's just mm-hmm. like, that's, you know, I made a joke earlier about saving the rec center, but that's basically the premise of all those 80s, like 80s movies. In mm-hmm. '90s movies, is like coming home, and it's like, but that was during a day and age where you didn't fully communicate all the time. Every family now has a group chat, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So why would, we're losing the house? Boom. Yep. I don't believe for a second that he kept that to me. I was like, how do you not know? <laughs> and I think it's an easy fix of you just say like, 
hey, we were hiding this from you. Like, because then that, like, takes it off of the character. The character doesn't come across as, like, dumb. You know what I mean? He just comes or, across. Yeah, if, if this family's trying to hide it from him, sure. Like, I can buy yeah, that. You know what I mean? 100%. 100%. We didn't yeah. want to tell you. We didn't want you to distract from your studies at school. Yeah. Whatever. Then he drops out from college, and then he becomes the Blue Beetle. Yeah. He drops out to help his family. That would be a more, agree. like, to me, I was like, that's a more sensical sort of, like, plot movement yeah. for this as opposed to like oh no yeah my, my issue was like they threw like five they like in in establishing like the character in his relationship to the family they threw like five uh hurdles in the way of him and the family you know things like we're losing the house we lost the auto shop um now you're in debt because you went to college and you're you have six-figure debt because you're in college uh your dad is ha, your dad has heart issues now all of those things are like given like just kind of glossed over and it's like yeah all these things bad things are happening i just pick one or two of those yeah (laughs) let's pick one of one or two of those do them very well and then move on don't do five poorly no no, no, you don't i'm tired of the wall of like all of this hardship it's like yeah, yeah sometimes life hits you like that but like this is a movie like you said pick one or two things focus on those make do those well and then we'll move on yeah it's like trust we'll your actors. Suit. Yeah. yeah, trust your actors to make the the whatever the one thing you decide is wrong make that matter so much to them. Yeah, like you don't need five things. <laughs> How about this? How about instead of losing the house, we're gonna lose the auto shop because your dad has heart issues. Yes. Run on that line. You have to drop out of college, but you still have mm-hmm. debt from college. You have mm-hmm. to work at the auto shop because your father can't work at the auto shop anymore. Mm-hmm. And then you work with your uncle. So then you have a bunch of George Lopez stuff in it. You know, it's like you mm-hmm. could totally do it. They just, I feel like it was kind of, yeah, like you said, a little chat GPT kind of like, oh, yeah. it's my chance to do this moment that I've always wanted to do before. And I'm like, hey, you did too mm-hmm. much. Yeah, I, I agree. But when this movie, basically when like, when when he gets the suit and the movie becomes um, sort of, because really what the movie becomes at, at in the second act is like a rescue mission. Like yeah. he gets abducted basically by Cord and the family uh, has to like try to get him back and then, and then together they regroup and, and take on the bad guys. All of that stuff, like basically from the raid where they take him on, uh-huh. I I loved the movie. I thought it was great. Yeah. Like I really loved the raid scene. Was like really it, like I'm not gonna say it was hard to watch. I think that's putting a little too much on it. But it was impactful to me. Like that was very mm. like because you know the symbolism is you know this you know this 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 force of you know Western imperialism moving in and ripping these people from their homes. That's like real shit that happens. Yeah. And watching that with these with these very like. They, they, in my opinion, they did a very good job of casting um, people who look like real people. Like mm-hmm. they didn't go out and get some like this guy was the lead in Narcos, and like they didn't go out and get like a bunch of like really famous actors. We're gonna uh, get the- someone that looks like Shari Theron, but don't worry, we're gonna put makeup on her to make her ugly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like just cast uh, ugly looking or normal looking people. And yeah, and to be fair, these actors may be bigger than what I know them from, but they weren't like sure. they, it wasn't you know it wasn't fucking uh, you know it wasn't uh, what's the guy from uh, what's the guy from uh, uh, like it wasn't Jimmy Smiths, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like 
was if this movie was made in the nineties, it, it definitely would have been Jimmy Smith. The dad would have been Jimmy Smith for sure. Actually, if this movie hey, was made gonna, in the nineties, Jimmy. Take, if this movie were made in the nineties, Jimmy Mono, Smith would have been Blue take Beetle. Me. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy Smith would have been Blue Beetle if this was made in the nineties. Yeah. Oh my if god! If this was Later, made in the Jimmy early two thousands, then Jimmy Smith would have been the dad. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, Jimmy Smith. Yes. So if this good. was made in two thousand and eight, he would have been the dad. <laughs> oh, oh, hey there. I love yeah. his cat. Like, however, oh, hey there. What's going on there? Like his hey, turn in Sons of Anarchy. Jim, yeah. You can't be doing this. I'm like, yes, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that. Uh, although I would, in, I would enjoy Jimmy. Like I would enjoy the 2008 version of this movie. Oh um, yeah. Uh, Why well, think about casting early 2000s versions of like superhero movies all the time? Yeah. I yeah. think, honestly, truthfully, <laughs> older movies like if you're doing it in the 70s or something like 70s, 80s, I honestly think Richard Gere would have made a great Hulk. Yeah, I think so. That'd have been cool. Yeah. That, yeah. He, um, he, anyway. Yeah. But we're not talking about. It. We're talking about Blue Beetle. Um, yes. Otherwise, so, yeah, that's a whole rabbit hole. That's an extra hour and a half <laughs> yeah. of conversation. Um, yeah. So basically, from the raid on, I I really I found all of the family stuff very heartwarming. And like when the dad died, I was legit like bummed. I was like, oh man, yeah. that like that sucks. I wasn't necessarily well, they, expecting that. Um, no, it, they didn't. They didn't forecast it. No. And when they did it, it was kind of just like okay. Yeah, because I, like, oh. I think it was it was smart to be like it was like kind of a red herring for like yeah you know your dad had a heart attack so in our, in my mind as an audience member I'm like oh he already had the heart attack so we're not going to see that yeah and then he had that's another what I one and I was too. like oh no <laughs> yeah that I another one you gotta stop was... eating red meat and smoking dude yeah exactly <laughs> yeah I um. I, I I really I enjoyed how it was refreshing it was refreshing that how earnest this movie was about family and about like mm -hmm. uh, because like without being without being cheesy without being cheesy I was, yeah, there was, was an not, earnestness to it was actual earnestness it wasn't earnestness to sell money and like you know the cheesy I mean, it's the easy thing to poke but the cheesy family thing is the Fast and the Furious you know mm -hmm. like yes, you know, and that's what we we've come to do they did they handled family really well in this movie I will say that like I felt the relational bonds between the actors yes. and yes. that doesn't always happen for me in movies where it's like this movie's about a family and I'm like yes. they're not family you put yeah. a bunch of strangers in a room together that kind of look like each other yeah exactly <laughs> they're not like, family <laughs> I believe this for a second you know what I'm turning this off and going for a walk <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, no, I thought all that was good. Um, let's yeah, talk about well how do you think? What do you think about the suit? Seeing it in its full glory and all of that, the, the initial transformation, uh, it was how fine. it works. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Okay. I liked it. I like the okay. The concept of the suit as a whole, I like it. The execution of the suit on screen, I thought was good. I thought it was a little too cartoony at times. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the graphics were better than what I thought they were going to be, but yeah. it still I was a little CGI bit on the. Yeah, when, CGI I think they, they obviously spent the bulk of their CGI budget on the suits because there's some yes. there's some landscapes in this where you're seeing a bunch of CGI buildings. Oh, and like, yeah. that doesn't look great. I'm like, but, when's it gonna load? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not rendered. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I thought the suit looked great most most of the time. It was on yeah. screen. Um, there were a, a couple, few moments where I was like, yeah. oh. That those it's kind of like in the beginning of uh, Dial of Destiny when uh -huh. Harrison Ford moves his head really quick and you see old Indy and it yes. goes back to young Indy's face. There's a little bit of that, like kind, not in that level, but kind of that where I was like, oh, that we skipped a couple of frames. Mm -hmm. Like 
we didn't render out a couple of frames. Maybe we're running out of money or something like that. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought. Yeah, I thought the CGI for the most part looked pretty good. Um, I like the idea of the suit and how it works. I like that it kind of is just in you forever. Uh, I thought that's insane, but but yeah. also it works. Like, uh, yeah, it's alien tech. Who who knows why it does that? You know what I mean? You don't um, need to explain it. Yeah, no, you don't. You know what need that to. is? You know what that's for? That's for the third movie. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> when he goes back to wherever the home planet of this thing mm -hmm. is, and yeah, that's um, for the third movie or the second half of the second movie, whichever you choose. Yes. Yeah, it's up to you guys. Whatever. Um, yeah, what'd you think of? So, what'd you think of George Lopez in this movie? I mean, George Lopez is always. What are you going to say about George Lopez? Yeah, he's I can't great. hate him. I can't hate him. He's America's Mexican dad. Yeah, <laughs> like, he, like dude, or Latin he, he dad. I don't know this. if he's Mexican. I shouldn't speak to that. That's that's horrible. He is. Yeah. He's Mexican. Is yes, he Mexican? Mexican? Okay, cool. Yes. Well, then I'm not an asshole. All right. Um, almost <laughs> was accidentally, fully <laughs> accidental. Um, no, but I think uh, George Lopez is great. Anytime he shows up, like you know, it's it's one of those when I have to go to the dentist and the George Lopez show is on the TV, like. I'm not going to be on my phone. I'm going to watch the George Lopez. I like George Lopez. He's He's been yeah. a major staple of my – Of he's been around my entire life, and he's always popped in and out, and he's always been fun. You know, it's like, ah, yes. cool, it's George. He's here to goof around. You know, anytime you see George Lopez, you know you're going to have a good time. Yeah, I, I like his performance in this movie a lot because oh, he he's, clearly having, he's clearly having a good time, but mm. he's also not being distracting, and he's not like – he's playing the – he's obviously being the comedic relief, but he's playing it in a really grounded way that, like, you you buy. Like, I believe him. Yeah. Like, I believe that guy yeah. exists somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, 100% that dude is out there in the world somewhere with that yeah. exact facial hair and hair combo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that guy exists. Guarantee my, of, you, guarantee you, son, my, he lives in Los Angeles. Yeah. Like, one of my favorite. Or San Diego. We could find him. True. One of my favorite moments of this movie is just when they are coming at the end where they're coming back from the funeral and just everybody's mm -hmm. costumes are just like so recognizable. Like they just looked so. And I mean, that's the, the benefit of having a production about La, uh, Latino people with, that is headed up by actual Latino people uh, mm -hmm. because it just uh, all of that looked all that was very just accurate and it felt so real like it just I don't know I, that, I think the authenticity of the family and the, the actors and the portrayals is what really sold this movie for me because um, I kind of believed yeah. I just believed all of it I just I like, believe yeah. they were a cohesive family and that for yes, me is fun 100%. you know they're the yep. kind of family I'm like I would like to go to a barbecue in your backyard actually I feel like we'd have <laughs> yes. a lot of good times Yes. Um, let's talk about uh, a performance that was a little less grounded. Uh, let's talk mm. about Susan oh, Sarandon. We? Oh, we're going to talk about it? <laughs> the giant elephant in the freaking movie? <laughs> yeah. Why? Why like, is she in this? I, why is Susan Sarandon in anything anymore? Like, yeah. unless she's the therapist in Rick and Morty, she is doing garbage. Yeah. Like, everything else she's done lately, I'm like, unless it's like Enchanted or Entangled or whatever the Disney stuff is, I'm like, yeah. <sighs> Why? What? I hit my mm. microphone again. Um, but, but just, just don't. Yeah. Don't. There are so many other better actors out there that aren't tired like she is and mm. don't seem annoyed that she's in this movie. She clearly did this movie for a paycheck and it shows. Mm. Yeah. I, 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 it's, I understand on one level why that character, not necessarily Susan Sarandon, but why that character's in the movie. Of course. Because... Um, yeah, because you know they want to because they want to make the point about you know Western imperialism and all that kind of stuff. So you kind of need a a a, a villain that kind of embodies that a token white woman. 
Yeah, you need that. Uh, yeah. I don't know why it has to be Susan Sarandon. Um, I, I also think it would have been cleaner uh, just objectively, even though this is not the story that the filmmaker wanted to tell. I think it would have been objectively cleaner if Kara Pax's character and the Susan Sarandon character were just the same person. Yeah. Like, just have it be one yeah, person yeah. who really uh, wants the text. Yeah, turn it into an Obadiah Stain situation. Exactly. Um, exactly. But I get why they, they wanted to have him also being manipulated because there's, there's an opportunity for some... Because, for, I, I, look, man, the moment where... Uh, I mean, it, <laughs> the moment where we real, uh, where we see kind of like Carapax's backstory, and that worked for me on an emotional level. While on, on an intellectual level, I know that, like... It, it it kind of is uh, that moment is kind of underserved because we've seen our main guy because basically the moment if you haven't seen the movie uh and if you haven't seen the movie go see it um because don't listen to this we're spoiling it but um <laughs> yeah if you've gotten this far and you haven't yeah, seen exactly. the movie what are you <laughs> yeah. doing but um yeah I, we we know our guy is not a murderer and i you know no. uh, we've seen him be nice and and patient and level-headed through a lot of stuff so like that moment at the end where he's like i got to kill this guy and like the only reason he doesn't is because he sees the guy's backstory i understand that moment though it did kind of work for me it is kind of like hard to buy cuz it's like oh all of a sudden he has this like unbridled rage and i guess you know it's triggered by the death of his father but like I don't know, man. I didn't really buy that much no, of it. Like, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't buy that he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna kill this guy now because I'm so angry." I didn't really buy that, but you I know, did like the moment. Though, when we... Anger mm-hmm. isn't a superpower. Ben Stiller it's proved true. that in Mystery Men. It's like, what, what's <laughs> your, I'm Roy. I get angry. Like that. Yeah. That's all you do. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> you should go to therapy. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just yeah, that part was a little like you said, first twenty thirty minutes, and to me, kind of the tail end of the fight scene, you know, the big fight towards the end Uh of the movie. I was a little, like, everything in the middle, I think for about a solid, like, 45 minutes there, I was like, yes. Like, this is the movie that I came to see. This is good stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. I like this. But the rest, the bookends, to me, were the hard part. You know? Yeah, The beginning and the end. That was where I was like, your takeoff and your landing, like, for any flight, it's the most dangerous part of any flight, right? I think for scripts, your takeoff and your landing are the hardest parts to do. Because once you get in the middle and you're writing all the fun stuff and everything like that, you can mm-hmm. just do whatever you want. But it's anchoring the emotional center at the beginning and the end that makes it hard. And I'm not saying they had an imp- like I'm not saying that it wasn't it was bad. It just mm-hmm. wasn't. I've seen it done better. Yeah, you know, hundred percent. Yeah, um, I thought uh, most of the fight scenes in this are pretty good. I, I, yeah. I, I, I say in the, especially in the middle, like anytime he's fighting a bunch of henchmen, I loved it. Oh, so um, good. yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was a great use of the suits powers. Um, I thought it, you know, it was creative enough. Like the fight scenes I thought were executed really well. There's a lot of like long takes, which I appreciated. Oh yes. Me too. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought all that was serviceable. Uh, it was violent enough. Um, it mm-hmm. was funny enough. Um, yeah, I, I, I bought, I bought his relationship with Jenny. I thought that all worked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I didn't necessarily buy her motivations as a character because I don't, I just don't think that she was given enough, like, no, time she wasn't given with enough. her character. It, she just she, wasn't yeah, given her, enough. Her character wasn't, that's one of my things that I was like, that's unfortunate because they're going to try and pin, so he has said that he wants Jason Sudeikis to play Ted Cord, her father, in the next movie. Oh, interesting. Who was yeah. one of the original Blue Beetles, which is great. And I'm like, that's awesome. Give her more to do, please, because she was woefully underserved in her, in her like, role in this movie. Yeah, totally. Um, I agree. She was just a mouthpiece to move the plot forward, and I was like, "Nope, gotta flush that yes. character out, man." Yeah. Uh huh. 
totally. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Did I say um, flush? But, I meant flesh. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> what did we or think about? Or you could about... just flush the character, and it's a whole yeah. different movie. <laughs> what did we think about Carapax as a as a character as a as a number two? Hey, just a nameless big yeah. henchman that was given yeah. like a sad, tragic backstory at the end to justify why he's an asshole, and I hate that. I'm yeah. tired in this day. Like, I know that we're supposed to preach tolerance and like meet people where they're at and, and, and learn about people. And you know, mm-hmm. I want to in person. Any child that I that I am in charge of at some point, I will I will teach them to to learn other people's stories because connecting with people is how you truly understand people, and understanding people is how you get along with people. Right? Mm-hmm. Don't do that in my movies. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see henchmen. Don't justify a reason why the henchman shouldn't die. Just kill that henchman. Mm-hmm. He's a bad guy. That's all I need. It's comic book movies. You don't need anything other than just being like, unless it fully is part of the major part of that character's story, I don't need to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Because I'll be honest. If I was in his shoes and Carapax killed my father, well, if my relationship with my father was better, maybe this would be what it is. Um, but I would say, like, if if my dad died of a heart attack from like, fighting Carapax or whatever, I yeah, I don't think even if I learned his backstory, I truthfully think I'd be like, well, that's tragic, and then I just kill him. Yep. <laughs> like totally. Like yeah, that sucks, but you didn't need to do what you did. So, bye bye. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna cut totally. you in half the long way now, please. Yeah. <laughs> you just hold still while I do this. This is really gonna hurt. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Um, I don't have many other thoughts. Uh, yeah. I do got to cut it short, a little short today because I got to run. But um, yeah, I thought this was a fine movie. I think if this would have sure. come out 10 years ago, it would have been amazing. Absolutely. Um, and the one thing I will say to people for this one, and, and, and just real quick on the back end, like it's it's mm-hmm. failing at the box office like you would not yeah, Which is unfortunate. It is unfortunate. But they're, and, and I was going to say this, they, and this is a whole separate topic for a different time, but it is one of those things that's been on my mind lately. And it, it's, you know, the with the with the storm that we got... Um, that came in, people didn't go to the movies for a couple of days and it was on its opening weekend and that's just tragic and sad. Mm -hmm. I also truthfully kind of think the reason why this one isn't doing it, going crazy, is A, because of The Flash. And I think Mm -hmm. because of The Flash and James Gunn taking over DCU, I think it gave people the excuse they were looking for to stop going to DC movies. Yeah, I, I think it's an issue with superhero movies in general. I think people are just burned out on superheroes right now. Like, I think superhero movies just need a hiatus. Like, whenever I like when I mentioned uh, Blue Beetle to Drew and Charlie, they're like, "There's another superhero movie out already." <laughs> and I think I think that's probably not a terribly uncommon feeling that people have is there's oh, a new sure. superhero every week. I, I hear it I mean? all the time when I talk to people where they're just like yeah. they'll literally come in and be like, "Oh, what superhero movie's coming out this week?" And I'm like, "Oh, yeah, well, you're not wrong." Um, and, and I agree. I think what we need to do is instead of like with Marvel, Marvel needs to stop the level of output that it has and focus mm-hmm. on quality over quantity at this point because mm-hmm. they're focusing on the opposite and it's really showing and mm-hmm. they're dragging the quality of their product through the mud. Like I'm not even really excited for Marvel stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. I'll be yeah. honest. They, Ghost they Rider, Ghost Rider, any of the rated R stuff, Ghost Rider, <laughs> Blade, I'm like, yes, let's do that. That's for me. Deadpool, I'm like, mm-hmm. that's for me. Those are the movies, super movies I want to see. But this regular PG-13, it's totally. for everybody. I'm like, I don't give a shit anymore. I'm sorry. Totally. Like, make a better product and I'll be interested. But like, truthfully, you're out there just selling toys at this point and I'm fucking mm-hmm. done. Like, it's the same thing yeah. that I had a problem with uh, Star Wars until Andor came out. I'm like, nothing good is coming out. of It's all just toy commercials instead of actually mm-hmm. trying to tell stories and up and and elevate the art form. And that's where I'm just like, I just think people, I truly think people were just looking for an excuse to not go see this one. Mm-hmm. And I think The Flash gave them that reason. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's unfortunate because you know? uh, the movie is unfortunate. Because this not movie, I enjoyed this movie way mm-hmm. more than The Flash. Yeah, as much I as my problems it with it are, I was, I had a, I literally pulled myself out of the movie in the middle of it, and I was like, I am having so much more fun than I did in The Flash. Yeah, it's a very fun movie. I, it I, is. Yeah, I, it is very fun. Um, all right, man, I got to run, but uh, yep. people can find you online. You can find me online. All right, you can find episodes of this podcast and more at Weekly Regular. You can find me as uh, online as Asan Made It. Uh, Derek, thanks so much for joining me this week. We'll see y'all next week.